Hello everybody, welcome to the Dummy Room. This is Marie Nicotine from the Windowsill. Enjoy the show. Cheers! This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. Hey everybody, you're the W Room. I'm Jody. Have not joined as always by Nasty Nate Devil. What's up, dude? Hey man. What's up? Not much, man. Um episode ninety-two. 92. Next week is uh, the big Valentine's episode. Yes, it is. Hopefully all goes as planned. Man, so, it's going to be a great one for the lovers out there. Well, you lovers, if you don't have a, a a love interest, get off your ass and get one for next week. <laughs> yeah. Next week's going to be a cool show. Um, not saying tonight's going to suck at all, but uh, <laughs> just looking forward to uh, just looking ahead, you know. You know, we always got to have a special on the holidays and such. <laughs> People have come to expect it from us. Yeah, well, this lot, I don't think we're going to uh, disappoint. We'll see, man. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight we got uh, we got a guest, Jason Boardman uh, from uh, Cheapskate Records. Uh, kind of a cool label from uh, started early 2000s. Lots of, uh, lots of Prozac's releases, some Johnny Three, some Leftovers, some Guts, some McRacken, some Mangies. Uh, sounds cool to me, right? Right. A lot of Prozacs. Like, if the Prozacs ever had a label, it was it was Cheapskate. Um, he did some split releases for that, like Popsters and uh, McRackens. No, McRackens was just him, but uh, the Mangies. That McRackens, that Exit record, my favorite McRackens, dude. <laughs> Never ever 
yeah kind of a kind of a cool label you know he's a he's a listener of the show so just why not have him on and i reached out to the group and we got some fun questions and uh there's some good ones man cool so we'll be doing that but um we should get into tonight man i think it's gonna be a fun one i like having label dudes on we've had one label dude on right john i think he's the only one john from mom's basement yeah do we have uh do we have tim Okay, well, yeah, we had Tim on, but it didn't work. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a disaster. I mean. Yeah, pretty much. You, we got hard to hear him. Yeah. So, yeah, so we had Tim, but that never made, uh, didn't see the light of day. So, right. so another label guy, so I'm pretty interested in this one, so we should just do it. Yes. We have news for beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. Any of you that have ever felt stepped on, left out, picked on, put down, why don't you just come down here and join us, okay? All right, hey, we're here with Jason from Cheapskate Records. How's it going, dude? It's going good. All right. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, Jason, um, so I'm a label guy, too, and I... My first label started right around the same time as your label started. So um, it's really cool to have another label guy here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always really interested in uh, like why why you wanted to do this and, and all that stuff. So I guess we'll start there. What, what made you want to start a punk rock record label? Um, well, pretty much as I was getting into punk rock i started to notice like the labels that the bands i liked were on and i would you know gravitate towards the other bands on the label it started with sst records because you know one of the first punk bands i heard was black flag and then that led to hearing the descendants Oh, 
Husker do and the Minuteman and all that stuff. Right on. So it always kind of like I paid attention to that, mm-hmm. to the uh, the smaller labels and the group of bands that were on them. Yeah, you know what? I was the same way. I would I would get records, and for some reason, I always would look at the back, and it was always important to know like what label it was on. And to the day, I still ask that. You know, oh, this so and so's got a record coming out. Who's putting it out? What label is it on? You know, mm-hmm. I've always been like that. So I've always, you know, as well, I've always been interested in what labels were putting out what. In but um for the logo right yeah the logo was always really cool um that was a big deal <laughs> like that's a cool logo you know um so well i guess let's start there like what was the first like i, I mean what label okay so sst would might have been your first um you know glimpse into punk rock but what was the label that kind of made you think you could do it uh i would have to say look out Lookout in Discord, actually. Really? Okay. I was actually, I was thinking about it today because I can remember the first, the first CDs that I bought were, and I bought them at the same time. I bought the Operation Ivy CD and I bought the first Boston's album. And I think that was 1990. So I was 13. And, um, you know, I knew I knew Operation Ivy because I heard them. I think because my brother had like a copy of their records or something, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know what label they were on. I didn't know any of that. So to find find their CD in a store in Massachusetts was kind of surprising. And then I saw on the back, I saw that the Lookout logo, the eyes. Mm-hmm. and i was drawn to it and then that was kind of like the gateway into it and to see that it was just kind of normal you know they were really small bands and they were like a family and they just kind of would put things out <laughs> as it went discord was kind of the same way it was you know i really was into minor threat and then later right. fugazi and dag nasty you get into them Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite band on Discord, I think. <laughs> yeah, Dag Nasty's awesome. Fugazi still. They're so good. <laughs> um, so when I was in high school, um, I had a friend in Minneapolis that he he was, you know, he had a band and they'd come to town and he would just sell records from other labels you know recess records or whatever and um i kind of was like that's kind of what got me into that i was really interested in that you know so i would you know get records and then sell them at shows and stuff a little bit and that really got me interested in the whole thing and and it really you can you would write people you know write letters back then (laughs) and mail them out and they would send you stuff and that was like that just hits you like, oh, I can do this. Anybody can do this, you know? So when I started, you know, Mutant Pop was a, a big deal. Yeah. 
and Mutant Pop, Tim was the first guy that ever bought anything from me. And I, I, I'm assuming that maybe you sold to Tim a little bit. No, um, I actually, I didn't. Really? I mean, I kind of got into, I mean, I would see the ads for yeah. Mutant Pop and like Maxim Rock and Roll. And, you know, some of the stuff was interesting to me. And I picked up a few things. Like I picked up uh, uh, After School Special. Yeah, we know. but that was for mutant pop that was really it it wasn't huh. until later that i kind of discovered that they there was a whole lot going on on a whole scene that i didn't even know existed yeah so he would you know he he had the uh well besides the label he had the distro side which was great because every month they yeah you, you got the newsletter and you just bought whatever he recommended and mm-hmm. that's how you discovered everything or at least that's how i did it but um 
I remember like my first record I put out, he bought like 40 copies and he paid cash like up front. Wow. Which I thought this is going to be great. Everyone's going to buy these records, you know? Hmm. Well, that's not how it worked, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Tim was one of the only guys that actually, um, well, he was the only guy that bought that many copies and he was pretty much the only guy that paid in advance, you know? Yeah. And, and, or or paid at all, so <laughs> mm-hmm. he was he was really you know important, and I always looked at him, um, you know as as he was pretty special for doing that you know totally honest guy and yeah he was great. So when I started, I wanted to be like that you know, and, and then. I noticed other labels, including yours, and I think I don't know if we ever traded, but I don't really remember if we did or not. But um, I know we never met. <laughs> but um, I always looked at your we our our my first label and your label were at really weird times, like in in pop punk because it was like Lookout was you know coming to an end. It was pretty much over, right? All the good shit seemed to have been it was gone already so that was like when stardom kind of took over yeah that, and that that seemed that was like a big thing but mutant pop was kind of done and it's alive hadn't quite started yet and monster yep. zero wasn't out yet and so there was like this little bit of a i don't know i want to say like a lull and i don't know it was like labels like yours there wasn't many labels that were just doing pop punk you know on on this level (laughs) you know panic button was a different level you know that Mm -hmm. so um but yeah what drew the very beginning like i wasn't really doing like the lookout style pop punk it was more like skate punk stuff yeah yeah. those were the only kinds of bands that i could really find yeah so you were from Massachusetts. Is that how you kind of got hooked up with uh, the Prozacs? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, like, years and years later, I kind of found out that, you know, my path and Jay's path probably crossed because Jay raced BMX and my older brother raced BMX and they would go to the same track. So we were probably there at the same time but i didn't meet jay until it was probably like 99 2000 somewhere around there and um it was actually the guitarist from the grand pricks had sent me a a demo and i was like this these are this is the kind of band i've been looking for so i started talking to eli and i I booked them a show in Albany because that's where I was living at the time. And, you know, um, the Albany music scene was really weird at the time. Like bands would just like not show up for shows or they'd show up late. So they get to play in the better spot. And I remember when I booked the Grand Prix, I actually got the day before the show, I got a phone call from Jay and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm the singer of the Grand Prix, you know, we're supposed to be playing in Albany tomorrow. 
we're not going to be able to make it. And I was just like, this is completely unheard of for the, <laughs> for this scene because <laughs> I was not used to people calling and saying they can't make, they're not going to be able to make it to the show. And then from there, it was like Jay and I would talk on the phone like at least once a week. And I would bug him about <laughs> releasing a Grand Prix album on Cheapskate. <laughs> Which you ended up doing, the, eventually. Uh, yeah. Eventually, <laughs> like yeah, several later. several years later. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a great one, yeah, though, I man. Re- All those seven inches on one CD. That's great. I bugged him for years about doing that. <laughs> about that. It's awesome. That was my introduction to Jay as well. I got a demo tape from the Grand Prix. Probably, I don't even know, like ninety nine, maybe. 2000 yeah i'm not you even sure got the same the same one that i got <laughs> yep i still have that thing too um i i don't know for some reason i kept all that stuff you know <laughs> it's weird but um yeah i still got that thing but um um yeah so the prozacs come along and you are basically i mean i don't want to single out the prozacs here but you put out a lot of prozacs records mm-hmm. <laughs> um was, I always was, kind of thought of them as a cheapskates version of the Mr. T experience. Okay. Yeah, how Mr. <laughs> T experience was the lookout. Yeah. Oh, I could see that. Sure. Totally. One, two, three, four.
love the Prozacs, dude. I love the Grand Prix too, but I like the Prozacs even more. They got a little poppier, a little, you know, a little bit slower. Grand yeah. Prix were railing all the time. It was awesome. Yep. But, yeah, love Jay's songs, man. And that dude's still got the best backgrounds in the business, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, on consistently from the very first shit all the way till today. It's crazy. Nobody does it better than maybe maybe the Misfits back in their heyday. <laughs> Background vocal-wise, mm-hmm. you know? But gotta love it. Damn, Jody, you're giving, uh, giving Prozac some major props there. Well, I've always said that. I, I just, I've always loved those backgrounds that he has on his records. It's just, no, I agree, they're great. They're really yeah. good, and they still hold up too. Yeah, totally. So you you put these records out in the early two thousands, but are you surprised that you know Jay's still going? It's yeah. still, you know, they're recording what a new record. I mean, they're going to do more yeah. records, right? So. I mean, I'm not surprised. That dude is like super motivated, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's he just loves what he does. But it's just like, man, they've been they've put out so many records. It's just hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, I hope they just keep going. And I think he will. I do too. Mm-hmm. What's you know what's gonna stop him? Nothing. No. And the new uh, record is awesome. Oh yeah, dude. Been wishing for the summer, waiting for the sunshine, wishing for the warm air, waiting for you, getting tired of the winter, working all the late nights, wanna have some us time, just being you. And I know that there's gotta be more than wishing and waiting, hoping and praying. I know that there's gotta be more than the daily grind we're trying to get through.
let me ask you this, not to just avoid the Prozac talk, but um, how'd you get hooked up with the Johnny Three? Through, through Jay Prozac. Through Jay. <laughs> Pretty much I, every band is is connected to Jay somehow. Huh. Yeah, it was the um, Johnny Three was on tour with Darlington, and they were going to be playing a show in Western Mass, and well, they played a show in New York City, and then they were going to be playing in Western Mass, and they had a open day in between. So I was like, why don't you guys play at my house? <laughs> so, and cool. I asked the Prozacs to come and play, and I asked the Rydells to come and play. All right, then. And that was how I met <laughs> Johnny Three. And like when I heard them play, I was like, these guys are awesome. Yeah. And I think it was that day we talked about releasing the, the self-titled album. Oh, listen to the show you've you may have heard me or jody um gush over uh jagger holly a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> so i love jagger holly and I, I fucking love the spastic hearts but i still love these johnny three records you know they're not as good obviously the songs aren't aren't quite there yet yeah but you can kind of hear it you know you can kind of hear that sound developing a little bit you know so i i love listening to these old like you know like like the girls, 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 or the OAO on that record, they're just mm-hmm. yeah, they're kind of timeless for me, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like just how straightforward the songs are, and it's just, and then Jay's voice is. Yeah, he's got a great voice, voice, man. Unique. I love um, I just kind of like the brutal like honesty of he doesn't hold back, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't seem like he's just uh, 
he was writing songs just to like you know be obnoxious or something he just sort of says things that <laughs> you know they're just sort of crude but they don't yeah. seem like real you know deliberate or anything it's just sort of how he was back then maybe i don't know yeah but you know i want to masturbate and uh ohio where, girls are easy where they spelled it wrong <laughs> that, that always bothered me that it was oh, yeah? spelled wrong <laughs> dude i got a question for you jason okay. it's like a two-parter sort of okay so you put out party tonight leftovers and it's a great record but like not everyone's mm-hmm. favorite record by them <laughs> right and so yeah. i mean what happened you didn't want to put out on the move that wasn't an option or and also the second part of that is what did you think when you heard on the move after their last record was with you well i think so what i think happened with that is um i mean i could kind of trace it back to actually to the prozacs with uh their live album that they did so at that time ben weasel had you know kind of went off on this thing about how he was really upset that bands would cover screeching weasel songs and they wouldn't get his permission and you know stuff like that yeah and the prozacs played that show at cbgb's and it got recorded and they happened to cover a weasel song on it so i I reached out to Ben and I said, Hey, you know, Prozac's played a show at CBGB's. They recorded it live. They happened to cover a weasel song. You know, we'd like to put it on the live album, but if, you know, you're not cool with it, that's fine. And he was, he was fine with it. And I think that kind of put the label on his radar. Okay. So I think he, checked out the other bands and i think he checked out the leftovers and then he wanted to uh produce that produce an album with them and Hmm. i was like i was fine with that they went with a different label and they were able to have ben produce it because i don't think i would have been able to uh make that happen so okay Fucking on the move is such a great record, yeah. man. <laughs> it is <laughs> one of the classics of all time. I just wondered how you felt being, you know, in that situation. Was it ever offered to be on Cheapskate or what? No, it wasn't. So it was just part of the. <laughs> it was like moving on yeah. up to Ben Weasel and I guess Rally Records, right? Was that on yeah. Rally? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Actually, and um, Party Tonight wasn't originally wasn't the album that I was going to release for the leftovers. No. They recorded a completely different album at uh the same studio that Don't Back Down was recorded at. Okay. And they weren't they weren't happy with the way it turned out. So <laughs> they uh recorded Party Tonight at their home studio. Hmm. Damn. So what they and do with I that other one? Have I found <laughs> my copy of the other album that they recorded to, and it's oh, you know, it's rough sounding, but it, I think it's good. Yeah. Damn. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool, man. So you have uh, is it all different songs too, or is it 
Yeah, it's uh, really some unreleased leftovers on record. anything. Damn. Damn. So, so you know how to use Dropbox, right? Yeah, yeah. Some brothers, <laughs> <Yeah>. huh? <laughs> you want uh, me to hook you up with a copy of it? <laughs> I, I would copies, love to hear sir. that, man. <laughs> I love the leftovers, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, the party tonight is it's. I, I like that record. It's not that I don't like it. It's just it's hard to you know. I compare it to On the Move. Yeah, it was but, like yeah. Party tonight. You could hear glimpses of what they were about to become. Oh, you know, yeah, but, I don't really love you. Is one of their best songs, man. Yeah, it was a great one. I don't really love you. I don't really love you. I don't really love you. Stupid situations, manic medications. I don't really love you. Complaining about the way it should be You never would do one for me We never see eye to eye And I think that's the reason why Unless me and you don't wanna think about it Unless you and me don't wanna hear about it We both disagree and that's why I think I should say it. I don't really love you, I don't really love you I don't really love you Situations, manic medications, I don't really love you. Just so common ground with two and two long. Can't have a good time if I was your phone. For me, it's time to take the kick and leave. But you won't be leaving with me. Unless me and you don't wanna think about it. Unless you and me don't wanna hear about it. We both disagree. And that's how I felt about it when, like, when they sent it to me, I was like, you know, this is, this, it was the direction that I could see them going in. Because they're the album that they did before Party Tonight was, yeah, like way more skate punk than yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't care for that one. And it was in Kurt's voice. It was like that's like what I saw or heard in them was was like that. Like I could see them doing something really cool with it that he sounds like Elvis Costello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Kurt's Kurt's uh he's an awesome songwriter. Absolutely. Great singer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All day long. So, I got to ask you, okay, so I'll, I'll get to the guts real quick. I love that was my introduction to the guts was that CD. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't win. Well, I thought you would take me away for a minute. And now I know it was just that way for a minute. Well, I don't know life. No alibis. But our little love was real for a minute. A good thing I could only stay for a minute. I never felt that way even for a minute. Well, I don't know life. No. 
was real for a minute For a minute I believed in you And there was nothing that I wouldn't do For a minute with you I'd give up everything I have And now it's over and I feel relieved For a minute I criticize trouble and I end up being the one Who did it? My shame grows strong I know I've done wrong But our little love was real for a minute Our little love was real for a minute Our little love was real for a minute But now, I mean, I love that whole thing, you know But, um, you know, the Guts became this, this powerhouse band, you know At least I think they did yeah, and yeah. some of the songs on here were obviously on, you know, the record, right? Yeah, and, well, uh, they were, those songs were take, or most of those songs were from, like their other EPs and yeah. stuff like that. And that was kind of the idea. It was a bit similar with the the Grand Prix. You know, yeah. I was. They had all these, the guts had all these great songs, but they, you know, you couldn't find them. You couldn't find the album, so I was. I just asked Jeff, like, "What do you think about putting them all together onto one one thing?" And he was he was into it, and he, you know, he kind of surprised me and said, "Hey, yeah, we recorded uh, some new songs to put on there." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And there was actually so I, you know, I. I was trying to do the same thing with the Grand Prix. There was actually a third band that it never happened that I was trying to do, and that was the uh, the Brainless Wonders, who were from Worcester, Mask. You know, I was trying to get like these New England pop punk bands that maybe people weren't familiar with that had these great songs, and try to lump them all together. And, but Dirty Walter from the brainless wonders never got back to me about it, so it didn't it didn't happen. <laughs> but you guys would be familiar with you guys are familiar with one of their songs that uh the queers redid, and that's uh Psycho Over You. Psycho, 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 and 
definitely got that chorus and everything, but he made totally different verses, has the pre-chorus. I mean, you know, he turned it into a really great song. Yeah, that's a great song. So did uh, Jay bring you the McCrackens too, or what? <laughs> sort of, in, a, in an indirect way. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember when Amp Magazine did the the pop-punk like compilation. Oh, yeah, yeah. So And, you know, the, the Prozacs were on there. So I think the McCrackens were also on there, but the McCrackens were also connected to Brett, who ran AMP, because I think he used to be involved with, I think it was Cold Front, which released like the uh, the McCrackens' yeah. cover album. So And Brett from AMP was a huge fan of the Prozacs. So I, what I think happened was I think... I think it was Bill McCracken went, you know, went to Brett and said, "Oh yeah, we recorded this new album. We're looking for a label." And I think Brett suggested Cheapskate because, I mean, kind of out of the blue, I got an email from Bill saying, "Yeah, we recorded this new album. Would you be interested in releasing it?" <laughs> And I, I like I knew who the McCrackens were, but I wasn't that familiar with their music. Like I mostly what I knew of them was seeing their ads in Maxim Rock and Roll. Yeah. So and I was kind of like, uh, you know, the the shtick was kind of weird to me. So I was, but I treated them like any other band. I was like, well, I'll listen to the album and if i really like it i'll release it and i listened to it and it was awesome <laughs> yeah i i got into the mcrackens in high school right out of high school you know so like 95 96 and i fucking love that man but when i heard exit um mm. it blew my mind i thought it was it's still my favorite mcrackens record it's just it sounds great. The songs are great. I don't know, man. It was like, I remember I got it. Um, my daughter was just born. Not that, you know, she was, you know, happy, you know, maybe six months old or something. And I remember where we were living. I got that thing and I played that fucking CD for weeks straight. It's all I listened to. I couldn't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. And um, to the day, that's my go-to McRackens. You know, Gumparella is <laughs> one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, like never love. ever. That's my shit. Yeah. Um, heartaches and mistakes. Same for the first time No back out of documented plan Hey, 
just all classics even junk in the trunk which is like the dumbest song um (laughs) still so good so catchy yeah and it that album just sounds so good production's great it's crazy that they recorded in like a home studio yeah all their shit sounded that good though you know well maybe not all of it but the later day stuff for sure yeah so Okay, so another cool thing that you did was you were part of the Mangie's live record, Rocket to Hollywood. One, two, three, four. remember i know it's alive was in on that i don't remember if anybody else was but how did this, how did that come about Joe, i feel like was one of them yeah i think you're right that's a cool live record and i don't know if it's really live but man that band rips mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i listened to that the other day and it's like man that band was so they're they still are they're a special band you know yep. oh, yeah they're like one of the best so how'd you get involved with that um, I think just from being connected with It's Alive and probably just talking to Andrea, okay, you know, here and there about it. And it was kind of, I think it was offered to me and to be a part of it. And I was, there was no way I was going to turn it down. No. I mean, <laughs> one of my favorite bands right. to be able to release something or be part of releasing something for them. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so okay, so um the last thing I one of the last things that you released was uh the sprains, right? Yep. And that features a 
young Grim Deeds. Yes. So I don't know. Do you do you and him go back, back a ways or what? Uh, well, back around the time that the Sprains album came out, okay. he started emailing me. We we would talk through email. He'd send me songs, and I really liked them. And it's like, hey, let's do a record. And we we always him and I always had this connection because being both being skateboarders, so it was, we would talk about that. We talk about anime i actually just met him <laughs> in person for the first time in october hmm that's cool that's cool i've never met him jody's never met him but i feel like i know that dude <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like we're we're real friends you know yeah 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 he's a real Good nice dude. guy yeah yeah and i saw that fucking video of him skate i didn't even know he was a skateboarder but like a month ago uh, or so I saw a video of him skating and it was like, holy shit, this guy could thrash. He's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, he's he's good. Way better than <laughs> I ever was or I am. <laughs> <laughs> so what what I guess I gotta ask what made you uh stop doing the label? Um pretty much money. <laughs> money money yeah. and kind of like the you know it, I kind of stopped doing it at the time when, you know, CDs were just not selling. Yeah. <laughs> Records hadn't really taken off again. The whole downloads thing was kind of a mess. So it just, it just made sense to kind of stop doing it. And I think yeah. at the time too, my heart wasn't in it as much. Yeah. When I stopped, you know, I had I had my daughter and then two years later my, my son was born and I just didn't have time, you know? Yeah. And yeah, the my heart just wasn't hundred percent into it anymore because I was so distracted with with these kids and you know, just being a dad and not wanting to put energy and money and time into um punk rock that was that was pretty much it you know mm -hmm. and i it was just it wasn't a right it was wasn't fitting my life at the time so but now you know now that i came back it's like you know i still love my kids and shit <laughs> and i don't have much more time but it's just like i really liked doing it and so i i just make it work you know yeah and my daughter helps me a little bit you know, she did back then too. Like I remember, I put out this masked intruder seven inch, and I remember when we were, when we were doing that, my daughter was right there. She'd sit there and hand me records, and I would stuff them. You know, mm -hmm. so she got involved. But now she helps me, you know, pack stuff up, and she'll run to the post office with me and help me carry all that shit in. And so, yeah, it's pretty fun, man. But yeah, yeah. how was it? How was it being involved with? Uh masked intruder back um well you know when when it, when we started that thing they were nobody right mm -hmm. i mean um so when i asked them to do the record it was like they jumped at it because they were nobody yet but mm -hmm. by the time the record came out they were somebody um they were they had signed to red scare already oh wow so that 
that was a huge push for that record. And like I've I've talked about it before a little bit, but um, I didn't. I mean, I liked the first Offense Seven Inch. I really liked it. Um, but I didn't think, you know, I like everything I put out, and I kind of thought, yeah, I'll sell I'll sell a few copies of this, you know. But it's a cool record, and that thing sold out like right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun, but it it was kind of weird because they got so big that um I was like the second pressing of the first 7-inch, I I was selling for, you know, like 6 bucks, 5 6 bucks, and the band was like selling them on tour for whatever they were selling, but they were selling on eBay for like 20 30 bucks. Oh, wow. So it was really weird. I'm like, I got I got a stack of the second pressing, and they're going on eBay for crazy dollars, you know. <laughs> and but yeah, every once in a while, I still get emails. I'll still get a message. Some guy looking for the green copy of the first pressing, and he just doesn't quite understand why I don't have one anymore. <laughs> you know, I get that. But yeah, it was like a different crowd. It was like the, when they hit Fat Rack. It was like it opened the doors to a different audience, you know, lots mm-hmm. of people were, were way looking for exposure, the right? way more exposure. They were looking for the, for the, you know, early records and, and yeah, they were gone, but I wasn't used to that. That was, it was kind of strange, you know? So, and that's, that's and right around the time that I, who they might be, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was fun actually. So, but no, that was a special band and that's something that, I I love it, you know. I love that I was part of that, and um, yeah, I kind of like that when I when I see that band, and they're doing something really cool, you know. I I I'm proud of that, you know. For sure, yeah. like totally. They're one of the bands that uh, feels like they kept the genre alive, you know, for a little yeah. while there. Yeah. Teenage Bottle Rocket and them were kind of the heartbeat of the whole scene for a couple good years. Yeah. Yeah, while while it felt like it was kind of dying. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I got some questions. You guys want to do this? Sure. Yeah. Hey, motherfuckers! It's Jay Prozac, and you're in the dummy room. Alright, dummy room. In our second half, the guys are gonna take some questions from the listeners. Maybe, even from you. So here's your host, Buddy Toe Bells. <laughs> so, I hit, up, uh, I hit up the group, and they came through with some really... Um, there's a couple good questions in here. I'll just start right from the top, okay? Yes. Um, Nick No. He says, why, how come, when, and with who? I have no idea what he's talking about, so let's skip that one. <laughs> uh, Lustkill says, what's a guilty pleasure band you each love that is not a pop punk band? Uh, I don't believe in guilty pleasures, but I like all kinds <laughs> of shit that's not pop punk. You know what I mean? Well, what's what's yeah. something that maybe you know guilty pleasure like what maybe you're you're not going to tell everybody because it's maybe a little bit embarrassing mm. like your love for like taylor swift or something like 
<laughs> I do have a love for the early uh, Tegan and Sarah records, and yes, most people you do. probably don't dig that at all. But man, I put like so jealous in my top twenty of all time. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> it's a great album, dude. Bright, just like the stars above me, proud. Just like my mother when they shone. changed but that one record is, is pretty much perfect yes sir i like it what about you jason mm, guilty pleasure i mean i don't i don't know if there's anything that i would be ashamed to yeah, say that I that's like, how but... i feel it's like <laughs> i don't give a fuck if you like it if i like it i like it you know what i mean what's what's something that's not you know not a pop punk band that you listen to that's maybe a little surprising uh i really like MF Doom. What the fuck not is pop that? Punk at all. <laughs> MF Doom. Yeah. Okay. I've ever heard of that. No. I don't think so. No. Uh, he's a, he's a rapper that wears a, a metal oh, mask. Actually, actually, I have. Now that you mention it, <laughs> I haven't. I don't think I've heard the music though. But I definitely know what the dude looks like based on your uh, description. What's it like? What's he, he rapping a, about? He has an album that's all songs about food. Food? It's really, <laughs> it's really awesome. Hmm. I like food. Food tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I think I don't really. 
I, other than pop punk, I like I like a lot of like oldie stuff, 50s, 60s. I don't know. I've always gotten into that. Um, oh yeah. I like I like a band called House of Large Sizes. Total <laughs> alt rock, heavy rock. Like I don't even know, dude. They're like I don't know what they sound like. They're from Iowa, and I like them. So there you go. Okay. I feel no guilt. I feel no guilt at all. No. Next up, we got a. Who? This is a good one now. Um, who do you think are the most underrated bands who have a major influence on pop punk but rarely get their due? Obvious ones being Ramones and the Dickies. Mm, do the descendants get their due? I think they do, but I think they. I don't think they get enough due. Yeah, undertones <laughs> are big with that. Undertones. I was thinking that earlier, man. Vibrators, early shit was great and poppy. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, I'm trying to think of a band that doesn't really get their due. That's not the Dickies, because yeah, the Dickies. Yeah. I feel like don't get maybe the credit that they deserve. No, they definitely don't. Besides them. Hmm. I mean, you could take it back to even something like, you know, bubblegum music in general doesn't get its just due when it totally inspired all the pop punk shit. I mean, and Ramones and everything after that, you know?
always think like our bubble has, you know, obviously the Ramones are huge and the descendants at Weasel. But um, I just feel like there's some just some like new wave stuff that's got a lot to do with certain bands, you know, like even like Cheap Trick. I know they're huge, but they are so influential um, to a lot of bands, like especially like the McRackens, you know. Yeah. But I I don't think I mean, they're influential. Obviously, everybody knows them, but I don't think they're usually called out as an influence on our kind of pop punk. Yeah, and maybe or bands like, like the, the car. Yeah, the knack or the cars. You know, the cars. Yeah, yeah. You know? The cars like they had that that great synth sound, and mm-hmm. I think it's been stolen a whole bunch and yeah, never really done quite as good. <laughs> that Reynolds record so. comes close, dude. Yeah, I, love that I don't one know. of their uh, music videos was filmed at an amusement park that I used to go to as a kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep, Whalen Park. Which which uh, video? Monster Mass. <laughs> I think it's mm-hmm. Touch and Go. I think is the oh cool the mm. song. It's a good one. Yeah. All right, next up we got Kelsey, um, Kelsey Weasel. Um, what song should Eddie Cobain and I dance to for our first dance at our wedding? <laughs> you know the right answer is that Erg song. August 19th, dude.
If it's not that, it has to be either she's the one by the Ramones. It's a good one. Or possibly, or since she's a weasel fanatic, do that. Yeah, it's a weasel song. What's that song that's like, I think it's called, it's just called I Love You on uh, Teen Punks. It would be good. I love you. And you know I always will. I love you. And you know I always will. I want you. Yeah, but what if Ben's at the wedding? You think Ben's going to want to hear his own shit played at their wedding? Maybe he'll play an acoustic version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, might, it would just be weird. But I think um, I think your name is tattooed on my heart is a good one. Because that oh, seems yeah. like one you could really kind of do a slow dance to. That song's terrible. No one wants to hear that at a wedding. No, dude, it's a good song. It's really good, and it's a love song, and Kelsey and Eddie are going to dance to that fucking song. (laughs) No way, dude. Those surf toms are not danceable. You know what I mean? (laughs) It just doesn't work. However, I got a better choice than all of them, and it just hit me, and it's Baby I Love You, Ramones. That way the old folks that are there, the family don't get too rattled. You know what I mean? It's nice (laughs) and easy. But still has meaning and is still beautiful. That's my that's my vote. Baby, yeah, I love but, uh, you. If it's not that Erg song, it's got to be that. Clover. It could be. I will always. Ooh, Crimson I will and Clover's always good. do the cover, man. It's a Which good one? one. I will always do Weasel? the Mangie's cover. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, dude. <laughs> Let me program your wedding, Kelsey. Well, it's gotta be. It's- It's got to be the Ergs or the Ramones or Weasel. Yes. Maybe Ben Weasel does an acoustic version of uh, Totally, you know? Maybe he he will do a special acoustic version. Spoken word. He gets up and recites Totally, and that's I Love You song, and then uh, Erection. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be with you tonight. (laughs) You know, whatever. (laughs) I would love to see that. He kind of uh, does it like Shatner would do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelsey's next question. She gets a two for here. Uh, how's the weather in lacrosse? That's where I live. Um, the weather is actually beautiful today. Pro- mid-30s? What? We got so snow I've, today. That's bogus. That's weird because, yeah, our weather lately has been always opposite. Yeah. So today was actually really nice, Kelsey. Thanks for asking. Um, If... If you had a single ride on a time machine, which band and and Pacific specific year, show, or lineup would you go see live? Mm-hmm. So you got a time machine, you get out the uh, the old fucking DeLorean, you can go see any band you want. Where are you going? 
Damn. What do you got, Jason? Uh, I would say the descendants. pinpoint a, a year but like with uh 86 Tony Lombardo and <laughs> yeah and Frank old school <sighs> that would be pretty cool I like that answer dude that's tough to beat but I gotta go I gotta go Ramones recording of it's alive
No, why would you pick that when you could just listen to it all the time? You have to pick a different I think it show. I, well, you know what? It'd be fun to be there. The filming of that show that they did for Rock and Roll High School. Then you could be creeping oh, yeah. with Randall and Dude, the whole time. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's where I'm going. Going back to Rock and Roll High School. Going, yep, going to the to the Riff Randall <laughs> shooting of um, Rock and Roll High School scene. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Jody? I don't know, man. I I would my first choice would always kind of be some kind of awesome Ramones gig. Yeah, but I would also, I mean, I think it would be really cool to go see the fucking Beatles at the Cavern Club, you know, something like that, or go back ah. and actually see like the old school Misfits <laughs> when they were like really that cool. That would be cool. Yeah. You know? Or, uh, you know, the New York Dolls.
There's a lot of old school shit that I'd love to see. Love to see the Runaways back in the day. You know. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. It really is because there's there's so many. You know, because all the best music is kind of in the past. Seems. Yeah, I I I think I would go Ramones or Descendants. I've seen the Descendants at one time, but man, seeing them in like mid '80s would have been so cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Jason had a good answer there. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. All right. Uh, Steve Shett, he's asking, are you two going to Punk Rock Reduno this year? <laughs> we already answered that one. Nope. Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> I wish too, man. I'm depressed. I win the lottery. I'm going every year, and I'm taking you with me. If I win the lottery, I'm bringing that fucking Reduno to here, man. <laughs> yeah, that we wouldn't have to fly. That'd be great. I'll fly Franz and Andrea. Yeah, everybody. That'd be great. What about you, Jason? You, you uh, have you been to any of the Rudunos? No, I haven't. No. I wish I could make it over there to them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, it's a really special thing. It's like the only festival yeah. that I ever look at and go, "Damn, I wish I could go." You know, <laughs> fest comes and goes. I don't blink an eye. But Reduno. I mean that's like me- like mecca for people like us. Yeah, I feel like I deserve to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just need to be there. You know, it's just like, ah, eh, this sucks. You think you can brave a plane? Maybe uh, we'll crowd fund you a, a ticket, but uh, not getting on that plane. Yeah, across the ocean. Money is half of it, and the other half is um, water and sharks. <laughs> and the kraken and. <laughs> any number of unknown beasts yeah <laughs> um okay so this one this next question is great segue here any plans for a dummy room festival if for <laughs> no other reason than to get the windowsill to come play in the u.s um there are no plans it's it, a fucking great idea. If the windowsill wants to come play, I'm ready to do this. Like, <laughs> if the today. windowsill wants to come to the U.S. and play, I w- we will set up a fest. <laughs> uh, Jason, do you do you like the windowsill? I do. Yeah. I actually, I have you guys to thank for that. Even though I realized after the fact that I think they were on that um, the fiftieth release for Stardom. Uh, I think they were too. Yep. But you guys definitely made me pay attention to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of crammed it down a few people's. Uh, they're just so good. <laughs> they're one of the, you know, there's not that many active modern bands to talk about, you know, but they're one of the best. Yep. Love that band. Okay, mm-hmm. so the Ralph has a really, really good question. Um, the if Ralph? You, the Ralph, yep. Um, if you could get the classic lineup of Screeching Weasel back together without Ben, you know, like the Misfits and Black Flag did, who <laughs> would you like to see as their vocalist? Hmm. So who's replacing Ben Weasel? Um, I will tell you that one of the one of the um, posts was somebody said Vapid, and I'm going ahead and saying can't be Vapid. No, because you need you need vapid for the background <laughs> parts. You can't do the both. So who you got? Who can replace Ben? Uh, 
are you gonna just, look for someone that sounds just like Ben or just a great voice? Because dude, I've seen footage where Cody was singing a couple weasel tunes, and that was badass. Yep. I mean, you can never I, go wrong with Cody. I have a guy that I would like to see, but what, what what do you like, Jason? Who do you like to replace Ben? I don't know. That's a tough question. It's hard to replace. But I was thinking based off of like the the baby fat record. I okay. think it would be cool to see Blag. Dude, yeah. That would be cool. I didn't think of that. Yeah, that's a great answer, actually. Because I think Black <laughs> um, has one of the greatest vocals in the game. Just the tone mm-hmm. of his voice, it just it fucking rules. I, I think you got it right because I think you need somebody with some really good stage presence, and that's Black. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, I like um, Andrea from the Mangies to do it. Yeah, and I, I like possibly Ray from Bottle Rocket to do it. Hmm. So you're not looking for the snarl necessarily. I'm looking for. I think those guys could pull it off. You know. Yeah, but I don't think they sound. You know. Who sounds like Ben? Well, I don't need. There's a lot of guys like that want to sound like Ben that fucking can't do it. <laughs> you know, maybe what about Jay from Jagger Holly Johnny Three? Uh, I don't know. I think Jay Prozac could do it though for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for real though. Like, yeah, he's got that kind of snarl when he wants it. Yeah, I'm gonna say Jay Prozac. Fuck it, we're gonna heap all kinds of love on Jay this week. I like that. But Blag, I like the Blag idea a lot too, though. I bet you Jay would be cheaper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and already knows every word. Yes. <laughs> no, Definitely. no prep necessary. All right, get ready, Jay. Um, all right, Ralph's got it. The Ralph has another question. Got another good one. If you could bring any member of the original Ramones back from the dead, who would it be and why? Hmm. If you're only going to bring back one, you bring back Joey. And the reason Joey. is because then you could put a band like the Huntington's behind them and it'll sound like the Ramones <laughs> live. You know, you can't do it without Joey. I'm you bringing could, Joey back too. You bring back Dee Dee or whoever, I, still you don't have that vocal. Dee-Dee. You like Dee Dee, Jason? Yeah. Why? Because you, you might get some more new songs, possibly. Yeah. I get that. That'd be my second choice for sure fellow bass player too uh, that's not really a wrong answer here no but um but i mean practical reasons i bring back joey then you can have him sing shows again and it'd be like seeing the ramones sort of yeah you know it'd be cool i uh i go joey all right john bates he wants to know who our favorite serial killer is my favorite what? Serial killer. Okay. What do you got, Jason? <laughs> I was going to joke and say, there's so many good ones to choose from. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of interesting ones. I um, So I don't know if you guys consider Ed Gein to be a serial killer. He's just sort of a nut job, right? He didn't really kill that many people. Maybe one. I don't even know. Ed he Gein, is a local boy. He killed way more so, than one. Well, I don't know. Did he he dug up bodies and fucking wore them and shit, but um, he was born in my town, so he's a local boy. But if I can't choose him, I got to <laughs> go the pride. next best thing, and that's Dahmer. 
I like Dahmer too. Yeah, that guy was all kinds of fucked up. He killed, he he ate him, he fucked him, he did it all. So. And then different orders a lot of times. <laughs> all different orders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like one night it might be, you know, fuck, kill, eat. Another eat. night it might be kill, fuck, eat. You just never know. <laughs> Jason, you you're in you're in uh, Colorado. What's who's the who's the local guy out there that's? Um, I was gonna say. I think we lost Jason. I'm. I don't. Not even. I can't even think of a right. local one. Yeah, it's not like most people have posters of serial killers on their I mean, wall or anything, but they are interesting, yeah. fucking weird I mean, what's people. The, what's the super charming one? Bundy. Yeah, Bundy. Bundy was in Colorado. There you at go. Yeah. One point in his quote-unquote career. <laughs> he was <laughs> career. a creepy dude, you know. <laughs> It's like a, a case of just where good looks really help you out if you want to kill a bunch of girls. But uh, yeah. I always thought that uh, he was kind of interesting. Ramirez was kind of fucked up. But as far as <laughs> being a fan of someone, if I could call <laughs> it that. Kind of fucked up. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I liked, I liked Charles Manson. And then I don't look at him as some serial killer. Like, he didn't even do anything. You know what I mean? But yeah. I just, I thought he was a funny guy. Like, I like his persona. He's like, he knew that he was going to be in prison, so he might as well do these ridiculous TV appearances, get some attention, break down a few walls. You got to love old Uncle Charlie. <laughs> He's a fu- he was a funny dude. But it I, wasn't I mean, the whole thing just because uh, he was mad at the Beach Boys? Pretty much, yeah. Is Charlie Manson crazy? Whatever that means. Sure, he's crazy, he's mad as a hatter. What difference does it make? You know, a long time ago, being crazy meant something. Nowadays, everybody's crazy. So, I mean, you know, like, you know, synonymous. I mean, it's an irony, man. It's a pair of ducks. You think there's anything wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look here. Uh, see, here's another thing you guys don't understand. You've got an underworld and an overworld. You guys live in the overworld. I live in the underworld. I don't exist in your world. I'm only what is, what it is. It is what it is. Did you watch that uh, new Tarantino? No. The rewriting of all that shit. It's kind of crazy. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Um, Jeff Myers asks... Uh, my question for Jody or Nate is, who are Jody and Nate? Well, I am Jody. I am Nate. And if you don't know, now you know. Yes. And seriously, if you're in our group that's all about our podcast, you might want to get a clue, dude. <laughs> all right. Next question. This one, maybe you guys can answer. I cannot. Does the latest Menzingers album have a replacements vibe to it, or is it just me? I don't think replacements when I hear it, but I like it. I do like it. Jason? I don't think I've ever heard a single Menzinger song. Yeah, you're kind of in my boat, too. I, I, I'm not. I don't know them, so. They got some good songs. You guys are missing out, but you got to be in a certain mood. They're not like happy pop punk. Certainly not. But uh, I don't know. They got some good ones. Even that Anna. It's like a hit. I mean, you haven't heard that song? I, I haven't heard it, no. 
Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that song is a hit. Like, literally and figuratively. Like, when we say something's a hit. It's a good song, dude. You should check it out. on their newest record and I've kind of phased out of those guys over the years I liked them like around 2012 I was kind of digging on the Menzingers you know yeah and as they keep going they keep changing and now they sound like uh, I don't hear the replacements I hear like a 90s alternative band you know alright uh, next question 
What sport do you think appeals most to pop punkers? Mm, I don't know. Is pinball a sport? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to go with baseball. <laughs> and that's just because isotopes. of that, you know, <laughs> isotopes, but it's, you know, the, you know, I don't know the Yankees, like there's a lot of Yankees hats, the Ramones and CJ wears that hat. I don't know. I don't give two shits about baseball, but no. I like the isotopes. So. about a roller derby roller derby that's pretty fun man (laughs) the roller derby no one knows how that game works but it's sure fun to watch i mean is skateboarding considered a sport um i suppose it definitely is a sport and definitely it's not a crime then yeah that's probably (laughs) i think you got it right there then yeah skating and punk rock have gone hand in hand forever all right craig's got a question my buddy craig my buddy craig if you could magically make any one album disappear from existence and release it yourself today, what would it be? That's an interesting one. It's an interesting one because which way do you look at it? You make a really cool record or do you make a lot of money? <laughs> <laughs> or both. But something like if, I mean, does something or that both, came yeah. out back then, would it make you a lot of money today? There's no telling. Because it would be rate like, say you've picked Dookie, right? Because you know it sold whatever, 10, 15, 20 million or whatever, right? But suppose that never came out. Do we end up in like this paradox butterfly effect thing where without Dookie, there was 
that whole like 90s revival thing that they get all the credit for never happened. So maybe in this situation, there is no existing scene today because of that never happening. You know what I'm saying? So like, would it even matter? I don't know. Yeah. So if you erase that from history and release it today, would everything else have changed? Are we we talking just something that you think would be cool to release today without changing the whole past of everything else? Yeah. I don't think it would have the same effect. Yeah. Now that it did then, right? Like even if everything was the same, if you if you drop my brain hurts today <laughs> with the exact same production and all that, people would probably be like, eh, you know? Yeah, people wouldn't care, but man, if you made a record like My Brain Hurts, that would be fucking awesome. Well yeah. That's what we're looking for. The next my brain hurts? <laughs> Good luck, man, you know? That'd be a fun one, huh? Yeah. Put your name on that record, wouldn't you? Fuck yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like the Bible to me. You kidding? Yeah. What do you think, Jason? I don't know. It's a really tough one to answer. Yeah, I mean, it's like the butterfly effect comes into it, and there's just yeah. it's a deep question. Craig, how dare you make us think? <laughs> I know. Thriller? Actually get into things Thriller, like time yeah. travel. <laughs> Eagles greatest hits, whatever. Fuck the Eagles, man, no. Millie Vanilli. <laughs> so you could lose a Grammy or whatever. Um, How about from Trish? What happened to the gummy dildo? Oh, let me pull, so, it. Let me pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> that was an early on episode of The Dummy Room. Um, a dummy, a gum, a dummy, a gummy dildo. I don't even remember what the deal was, but um, I ended up buying one and sending <laughs> it to Jody for his birthday. Yeah. So Jody, what happened to the gummy dildo? Still have it. It's Still got it, huh? Yeah, up on a shelf. In fact. <laughs> <laughs> Still intact. Uh, so, yeah, so never been opened, but man, I think about opening it every night. You know, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It just looks. So How does delicious. Amber look at that thing? She's like, "That's <laughs> all there is." <laughs> it's kind of small. Jason, do you know what we're talking about? I do. Okay. Because <laughs> I think I I listened to that episode recently. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I still got yeah. it. I'll post a picture. I think about it later. Update yeah, the everyone. deal. I, I just you remember regift it. So like, that's <laughs> what we should do. Is that's what someone should win on our next contest? Oh and yeah. I ship it to someone else. That might be the hundredth episode grand prize giveaway. There. Yeah, there you go. It can so, become like the dummy room fruitcake. You know, you just people just keep <laughs> giving it to people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, maybe that's what Trish is looking for. Maybe that's why she's asking. So, yeah. Um, okay. So I have one question left and I saved it for last because, um, I, I have this, um, Heather Wheaton asks, heard any good jokes lately? Mm. Guys heard any good jokes? I heard a really sick joke. I don't know if we want to tell it, but I'll tell it to you real quick. If you want to hear it. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) <laughs> and if it's really gross, I'll just edit it out. But okay, so how do you get a dog to stop humping your leg? 
Pick it up, suck its dick. <laughs> yeah, I'll edit that out. I like that joke. That's gross. It's so pretty gross. This dude said it. I was like, oh my god, that's raw. <laughs> what you got, Jason? You got any jokes? Uh, not that I can think of. Okay. Well, <laughs> at the moment, I-, I made a joke up tonight. Okay. I'm not shitting you. Um, I drove my daughter to piano lessons tonight, and <laughs> and uh, a conversation started out, and I came up with a really great joke. Maybe not the best joke ever told, but definitely the best joke that I've ever come up with. Okay. Are you guys ready? It's a lot of buildup, man. I know. Okay. What kind of shoes does a punk rock nun wear? Hmm. I don't know. Nunchucks. <laughs> That's good. That is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, nice. I know. Dude, I, you know what? You're going to make so a meme sister. and you'll be famous on the internet for like half a second. Oh, there you go. I know. So my sister turns 50 this year. And so my daughter, um, she found... I guess on like the Converse website, you can make like personalized um, Chuckies. And so she wants to do this for my sister, right? And I said, and my sister's always had this weird, well, I don't know if it's my sister, but we've always gotten her like either pink flamingos or nuns, like a, like a card, birthday card with a nun on it or whatever. Yeah. And she's not Catholic at all. It's just, just kind a of a joke quirky thing. Quirky tradition. Yeah. So this has been going on for years and so she mentioned this and i said get a pair with uh pink flamingos or or nuns and then it hit me that i'm like nunchucks perfect that's hilarious (laughs) yeah i was pretty proud of that one man so there's my joke and that concludes the questions too that was that's all we got that's pretty cool yes This is Phil McCracken, and this is The Dummy Room. Anyways, um, we should wrap this up, maybe? Yeah. Jason, did you have fun? Yeah, it was fun. Cool. It was great. Uh, awesome. Yeah, so I guess in conclusion, um, Cheapskate was a, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody... You know, it's not Lookout, of course, you know. But it was a fun label, man. I mean, my favorite, McRacken's record. A great live record. All this awesome Prozac's record. Johnny Three introduction, I guess. That was probably my introduction to Johnny Three, you know. (laughs) Which uh, started my obsession with um, Jay's music. Um, Cool label, man. I I appreciate you coming by and, and, uh, I don't know, talking nonsense with us for a while. Yeah, it's not nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's kind of nonsense. So, um, I think it's cool that you listen. You know. Yeah, and uh, I, I look forward to it like every week when the, when the new episodes come out. It's awesome. So, what else you got, Jody? Anything? No, just thanks for you know joining us, Jason. It was pretty fun, and uh, thanks everyone who listened. And we'll see you next week.
Bye. 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 Goodbye to you, 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 to you. Thanks for tuning into the Dummy Room. Meet us back here next week for another fun episode. But for now, goodbye.